the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. How are things in uh, your end of the world? Well, John, things are just fine. It's a little bit of a dull day, mm-hmm. as uh, they would say, in right. Pittsburgh winter, but it's okay. Yeah. I got some uh, bad news last night. Uh, the family email, there was a um, an email that said, um, we still do, but we are canceling our wedding. Oh, no. And, uh, oh, I hate that. Yeah, it was from my niece who lives out uh, in, in Oregon. And, oh, uh, this was the trip you were going to take and go across the country and we're, drive and yeah we're gonna drive to, to Oregon oh, which, that's you know, terrible daunting so the uh, uh maybe think about it you know because the cancellation of the wedding I was thinking about vacation time today is national plan your vacation day oh so I wish in, I would have known I, now I'm very tired yeah, I don't think I quite have January. the energy reserve to plan my vacation really I mean planning a vacation is a, a very enjoyable thing is it not uh well here's the thing when we go on vacation, I am the one who plans everything. So it is not a non-stress thing because I have, I'm the repository of all of the items. Right. You know, I decide where we're going, how we're going to get there and where we're going to stay. And I mean, now, you know, everybody in your family is now officially an adult. You think that they would pick up the thread? Yeah. Well, you know how you have roles. Yeah. What your role is the vacation lady. Yeah. Uh All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, happy National Plan Your Vacation Day. I'm excited. Maybe. Thank you, yeah. John. I'll have to right. put it off a couple of days, but okay. I would like to fulfill that. All right. Say, so, as we always do at the uh, top of the four o'clock hour, Kath uh, gives us the top news stories of the day. Uh, please join us now with the top four at four. Hey. John, Mike, and for all of you, for Tuesday, no, it's not December, is it? It's January. January 26, 2021. Number one. Regeneron Pharmaceuticals says its antibody drug reduced coronavirus infections by half in people at high risk, a preliminary sign that the therapy could be given to temporarily prevent COVID-19 and could be authorized as a temporary vaccine with U.S. regulators. Now, the drug is thought to provide protection for just one month. Okay. This comes amidst news that here in the U.S. and abroad, governments are grappling with limited supplies of approved vaccines. And number two, what USA Today is calling a blockbuster snowstorm continued to hit portions of the central and northeastern U.S. today, causing travel headaches and closing some coronavirus testing sites. 10 to 15 inches of snow are likely between York, Nebraska and Des Moines, Iowa. By the time the storm wraps up later today, it has been at least 15 years 15 years since that area received more than a foot of snow in a single storm. Number three, we've got ourselves a new Pennsylvania health secretary. 
Governor Tom Wolf has chosen Allison Beam, his deputy chief of staff, to succeed outgoing Pennsylvania Health Secretary Dr. Rachel Levine, who the president nominated to be the U.S. Assistant Health Secretary. The Post-Gazette reports that Allison Beam is not a doctor and comes from outside the health department. Kind of interesting. And number four. A Bridgeville man who live-streamed himself during the January 6th attack at the Capitol was arrested this morning. The Trib reports that Kenneth Grayson, age 51, is charged with five federal counts, including knowingly entering a restricted building, disorderly conduct that impedes government business, disruptive conduct in the Capitol buildings, parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol buildings, and obstructing or impeding an official proceeding, according to an affidavit filed in U.S. District Court here in Pittsburgh. According to the criminal complaint, the FBI received four separate tips that Grayson had live-streamed his involvement in the January 6th riot. Three of those tips included the same image of Grayson inside the Capitol, standing in front of a statue and security camera in the crypt beneath the Capitol Rotunda, the complaint said. And that is your top four. Let's go back and talk about that um, the Band-Aid vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's of short duration, Jan. Or I mean, John. Kind of What's your, well, you don't want the you don't want the temporary one. No, give me give me the thing, right? Let's go. Let's get this thing going. Right, so you either want to go whole hog or not at all. I don't want the band aid. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate all the the scientific work and all the energy and intellectual heft that goes into that, but let's just get the, let's just get this done. Okay. okay. Well, here's the thing: they're, they're saying that perhaps if perhaps Allegheny County would be a place that would be. I don't know. It would take a long time for us to get the vaccine. Perhaps getting the one from Regeneron would be, you know, just a little holding you over type You're of thing. a hard it's, time it, getting people it, to have the first one. I mean, you know, talking people into doing this. So what now we're going to talk people into getting the, like a temporary one? Well, it's like maybe it's for like people, an, you know, in a, ap- perhaps it's an appetizer. John, yeah. you think okay. of it as okay. like you're you're here for dinner, uh-huh. but dinner's not ready yet because the cook's busy in the kitchen. Okay, so good. you're just going to have to wait a little bit and right. for now have a bacon wrapped shrimp. All right. So I'm going to sit outside underneath a, underneath a heat lamp somewhere on the street and have an appetizer. And then while I'm waiting for that, they're going to give me a shot in the arm just for the sake oh, of dinner. Well, right. if listen, if they would, this is something perhaps that we've landed on just now that mm-hmm. could really revolutionize how we're handing out vaccine what if we paired the vaccine handout with some type of appetizer some type of quality snack mm-hmm. and the whole thing's crazy i was out today and uh you know what makes is i think is crazy when you see people driving in their car with their masks on I'm, okay well no that wait. makes me laugh okay i, it I does. laugh at that every time okay, i see that i thing. go i am one <laughs> listen though I'm one of those people right now only because I'm cold. Wait, that's you? You're no, driving listen, around with your mask on? Listen, uh, so I went, I was at down at the strip yeah. uh, on Sunday mm-hmm. and I had to walk quite a distance to my car because I mm-hmm. didn't get a good spot. So by the time I got to my car, I was really cold. So mm-hmm. I actually purposefully wore my mask the whole way home because I was trying to maintain whatever warmth <laughs> I had. So you can mock me if you want. I, will. I don't care. I will. You're in another car. I don't even know what you think about it. I don't know what's going on. I mean, the whole whole thing is topsy turvy. I mean, a temporary band aid for a vaccine for the other I'm vaccine just, I just for the to third offer, vaccine. I'm not saying you have to take the band aid vaccine, which is not what people are calling it, by the way. That's some moniker you've added. We've called it that. You don't have to take it. I'm just trying to lay in front of you the panoply of COVID <laughs> options. <laughs> All right. This is a full service establishment. Yes. 
Let's take a break. We come back. Megan Spears is going to join us. Letting go of should. You know, I think often in our Christian life, uh, we are defined by uh, we shouldn't be doing this as opposed to we should do this. That's the whole premise of Megan's newest work. That's uh, up in a few minutes. Letting go of should. 101.5 WORD. If you're angry, is it okay to lash out in anger against God? Family Life Today's Ann Wilson asked John Piper that question recently. So for me to say I'm mad at you, God, is sinful. And what I should have said was, this really hurts. I don't understand what you've done. Mm. We'll explore God's providence with John Piper next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. No one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams. Just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Our world needs hope like never before. But lives change for the better when hope breaks through. We always like to begin with the Word of God because it is the power unto salvation. Help Cornerstone Television Network light up our city with the truth and hope of the gospel alongside special guests Krista Smith, Coy Barker, The Binions, Mike Smalley, and Jay Gilbert. Save the date for our Bridge of Hope broadcast, January 25th through the 29th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. You should do this. You should do that. I mean, how many times you hear that as a kid? Hey, you know, you should do this. Here's some here's some advice. <laughs> or, or maybe not advice, maybe an order. You should do this now. Megan Spears with us. She is the author of a brand new work called Letting Go of Should. It releases today. Megan's vice president of Marketing Support Network. Here to talk to us about that release. Megan, how are you today? Hey, guys. I'm great. Good to be with you. 
Thank Terrific, you. Megan. We're so excited about this project of yours. Congratulations on it. And we want Thank to hear you. first, yeah, we want to hear about how you came up with the title. I mean, after you read the book, you get it. Um, but why was this the subject that kind of pushed you to write your first thing? So I was, I, let me start with, I never meant to write a book. <laughs> it, okay. it was kind of a random 2020 project, right? Other people took up yep. baking. Um I found myself earlier in 2020 on an, uh, on a walk with a good friend of mine. And we were talking about some of the life situations in which I had found myself, um, specifically mostly around career at that point. And we were talking about how all of the decisions that I had made because I wanted someone else to be happy with them. <laughs> I felt like people had these expectations of you should do this and you should do that with your career and with your life. And I am a people pleaser at heart. And I really wanted to jump in and like make those people happy. Um, and so I found myself in a place where making everybody else happy made me miserable. <laughs> and I was really mm. just in a dark space trying to live up to all of those expectations. And so uh, my friend Christine and I were taking a walk and she said, you know, you really need to start kind of journaling and processing out some of these pieces. And I, so I went home and I opened a word doc and started typing and I texted her the next morning and I said, Hey, uh, so there's like 2,500 words in my journal doc so far. And I only wrote for one night. I really think you might be onto something and that there's really something to dig in and discover here. That's cool. So we read the book, of course, and uh, it is a journey through your life. And each chapter is a, a story or a vignette of something that happened to you, of course, a- along the way, from a, a young child to where you are today uh, um, as the vice president of Marketing Support Network. And uh, at the end of each chapter, as you tell the story, you also give us a, you know, a little nugget of a piece of wisdom of what you learned in that particular story. So, Megan, start off and, and, and tell us one of those stories, perhaps from the early days. <laughs> sure. So um, the book actually talks about, at the very beginning, talks about just how long I have been a people pleaser and, and how long I have kind of gone along with what everyone else thinks I should do. And one of the stories that um, I've gotten the most feedback on is actually a story about my very first date. When I was in eighth grade, um, I... Listen, I want to be clear. The gentleman in question was very nice, but I was not ready to be That's dating. a bad beginning. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I just like, I just want to be, you know, none of this is his fault. He was lovely. I just was not ready to be dating, but all of my friends yeah. were dating and Your everyone else seemed to, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm in eighth grade. Sure. You're supposed to be ready for these things. Um, and I was just not and I knew that in my heart of hearts, I knew that I was not ready. Um, but I said yes, because everyone else thought that I should. And I um, were sitting in the movie theater, you know, as you do on your first date. And you're, it's kind of awkward. No one really knows what to talk about. And there was kind of a pause in the conversation. And all of a sudden, I realized he's going to kiss me. And I knew I was not ready for that. Um, and I couldn't really figure out how else to get out of it. So I just started to cry. Um, which <laughs> here's the thing: middle school boys <laughs> are not equipped for over mm-hmm. like over exerted emotions like that. But middle school girls are chock full of emotions, <laughs> and we will just explode with them at any point. And so all of a sudden, I realize that we're sitting in this theater, and he's looking at me, and I'm sobbing, and I, I have just caused us an even worse 
<laughs> situation. And so the only thing I could think of to do, and I still maybe a little bit regret it to this day, um, was to lie. <laughs> and I lied and I told him that I was really upset uh, about a sick family member uh, just to get out of it and try. And then the rest of the time, we both just sat there and stared straight forward and did not. <laughs> we didn't talk about it again. We never went out again. And I just, <laughs> but in my heart of hearts, I knew I wasn't ready for that. I should not have listened to everybody else. Um, and so the actually the life lesson at the end of that chapter is I can't make decisions based on anyone else's timeline. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and that is one of those lessons that I've had to, unfortunately, maybe keep learning since eighth grade. You would think it would stick when something is dramatic as seeing this poor, frightened middle schooler stare at you but right. you know that's a, that's a horrible romantic interlude megan and my, my my guess is that you helped that young man because i'm sure he thought long and hard the next time he thought he would lean in and uh, try to steal a kiss i know and i do feel a little bad i um i have lost touch with this gentleman i have no idea where he is in his life right now but i really hope that he is not totally scarred for life well, I'm happy that you did not share his name. I'm telling you, when I read that last night, I just, I mean, I laughed so hard only because of the horror. I mean, it's just so terrible. Right. I know what you mean, Megan, about this. I always thought that dating was so difficult because, you know, most dating is one or the other person being hurt, right? Yeah. Because unless you marry the person, one of you is going to end it, Right. Yeah. And that's most that's most of dating. Right. And so it's just really I always felt like I was on the verge of ruining somebody, even if they didn't care that much about me. I just couldn't stand that type of I couldn't stand being the person that introduced some sort of suffering into somebody else's life, um, even if it was, you know, after just one date. But that's really what you get into in the book. Right. Is that you're so concerned about trying to maintain someone else's feelings or expectations that you ended up in all sorts of difficult circumstance. Yes. And ultimately, I think where that led, um, you know, I am one who has had a ridiculous amount of opportunities. And I tell people all the time, 99% of my life is going, huh, I did not see that coming. Um, and so a lot of the, <laughs> the career choices that, and the career opportunities that I've been given fall into that category of someone gives me an opportunity and I just feel like I have to take it. Uh, and then I feel like I have to do it to the max. Um, and that's actually how I ended up initially um, as the CEO of Marketing Support Network. The, the way that it had played out, I got to take over the company. And then all of a sudden, I got to the top of the career ladder and realized, I really don't like it up here. Uh, this is not who I am. It's a bunch of numbers and math and spreadsheets and budgets and things that I'm not good at. I would like to climb back down the ladder, please. Um, and so that's kind of where actually where letting go of should started for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, <laughs> I should never have made that step in the first place. I got to get back to who God has called me to be and not what everyone else thinks I should be. Megan Spears with us. We're talking about her brand new work, Letting Go of Should. So Megan, you know, obviously uh, you're a believer. You, you've written this uh, from a perspective of a young woman navigating what it is to to know Jesus at the same time, you know, living your life and having a career path as well. Now, there was a time in your life where you were engaged in, in a lot of full-time work, whether at uh, your church or in Christian schooling. Uh, you want to go into that and tell us a little nugget of Letting Go of Should somewhere on that journey? 
Sure. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, my, my path has been certainly in the church for my entire life was raised in a Christian home. And so it's kind of driven my whole path there. Um, and kind of my first, I would say my first real job, right. Was in as a communications director for a Christian school here in Pittsburgh. Um, and I, again, I was so excited for that opportunity and so thrilled that all of these, these things were being uh, offered to me for me to do that. I just kept saying, yes, <laughs> it never occurred to me that I could say no <laughs> to things uh, that people wanted me to do. And I'll be honest, that's how I ended up uh, directing a 75 kid production of Fiddler on the Roof, which just, <laughs> I mean, really, you got to step back at that point and just say, okay, listen, <laughs> there has to be some better boundaries to this. Yeah, um, no 12 year old should play tre uh, tre trivia. Yeah, right. No, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And 75 students involved in this production. It's just, yeah. I mean, it was like wrangling cats and I, by the end of it was so burnt out because I didn't realize that I could say no, because I thought that somebody would be disappointed. Um, and so, yeah, so that again was one of those moments of like, okay, this is not, God did not call me to a place of burnout. <laughs> God did not gift me in such a way that I would constantly be exhausted all the time. Uh, that's not what he wants for any of us. And so getting back to really like, all right, let's, let's reevaluate and figure out where he has called me to be. Megan Spears with us, Vice President of Marketing Support Network. Megan just released her first book, Letting Go of Should, which launches today and looks at the lessons we learn while becoming the people we're created to be. Um, currently at number four on Amazon in the uh, Christian business category. Megan, congrat congratulations on that. Thank you. I'm really very excited about that. I mean, for a indie author who self-published, I think that's a pretty good start to the day. Yeah. It sure is. All right, Megan. So let's go back to um, you talking about the, you know, the Fiddler on the Roof production. And, you know, I don't, all of a sudden you had 75 kids. You didn't really know exactly what you were doing. By the end, you were burned out. Now, some people would say, well, that's the way that Christians are supposed to live. You know, you're supposed to be able to, you know, pour yourself out and you're supposed to be able to do things for other people and prioritize other people's and their kids and their families and all that. My question is, what do you give up? What do you lose if you just pursue life that way? I, well, I certainly don't want to speak on behalf of everyone, but I can tell you that what I lost was joy. Mm -hmm. uh, what I found to be true, and especially as I got to spend a couple months reflecting back on all of these life lessons and all of the times where I have found myself in those positions of totally being overwhelmed and not, you know, being um, just kind of tied to those shoulds and those expectations, what I lose is my joy. But the times where I am flourishing and where I am joyful and I am kind of living life to the fullest uh, are, are when I'm walking where God has called me to be. And even in those seasons where I'm walking where God has called me to be, I am still pouring out. I am still giving. I am still working with students. I am still, you know, working crazy hours to <laughs> to make our company go. But I am fulfilled in that because I'm living into my giftedness instead of trying to pour out from things that I was not gifted to do. That's good. And, and you know, and I'm sure, and it's a very enjoyable read. I mean, as you go along, Megan, clearly, you know, writing and then producing this work, you have to see the fingerprints of God all over your life. 
Absolutely. Um, I, my entire, (laughs) actually one of the lessons um, in letting go of should says that we should just stop making people try for five-year plans. Because if I would have tried to, to map out any five years of my life, I, it's just laughable. God has such bigger plans and things that I just never saw coming. Um, the job that I went to after I left the Christian school and the way that I got to marketing support network and the way that my career has played out there. None of those are things I would have predicted for myself as I was graduating college. When I was graduating college, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was a communication major from a liberal arts school. I had, I had no plan. So just being able to be open to what God had, had set out and being obedient in that, I think it was a big part of my journey in kind of processing all of those life events for letting go of shit. Yeah. Um, Megan, last question for you. Um, from your perspective as the writer, um, who would benefit from this book? What, what types of people who are in what stages of life? So I, my goal in writing Letting Go of Shed was that somebody would read it who needs some encouragement to follow what God is calling them to do. Okay. And I don't know that there's necessarily a, you know, it's women or it's men or it's this age bracket, but I think that there is, there's a little something in there for anybody who's looking for the encouragement to follow who God has made them to be, or who's looking for the courage to step out in faith, because there are not a lot of people that get to the top of their career ladder and turn around and come back down. Um, there, that that's something that maybe took a little courage on my part. Uh, thank you <laughs> through God. Let me, let me, it was not me. Uh, but I think that overall, anybody who, yeah, it just needs a reminder that who God made you to be is exactly all you should do. <laughs> right. Mm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to let go of should. Right. But we feel like we are just a population that keeps trying to be something else. And so I think the book is for anybody who needs a reminder that who God made them is exactly who they're supposed to be. Right. So like all of us, we're not living perfect lives. More often than not, they're messy lives, but uh, always, especially when God is with us, very interesting lives and uh, trying to move things forward through the kingdom. Megan, congratulations. It's funny. It's very interesting. It's a job well done. Letting go of should with Megan Spear. Thanks guys. Yeah, it's our pleasure. As they say, where fine books are sold, you can find Letting Go of Should. Mm-hmm. Take a quick break. Come back. Listen, uh, three guys who have the means, 55 million bucks each, they want to go into space. We'll talk about that next. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor, she was struggling to make ends meet. And she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through refinance. Or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. The Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square Sweepstakes is back. 
Every time the score changes, someone wins $50,000. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half a million dollars they could use toward their dream home. See rules and enter for free at RocketMortgageSquares.com. Rocket Mortgage, official mortgage sponsor of Super Bowl 55. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. of age of majority. Ends February 4th. Licensed in all 50 states and MLS number 3030. The NFL is not sponsored promotion in any way. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers celebrate wedding stories now through February 12th. We want to hear yours. Click the Wedding Stories banner at WordFM.com to share a funny, moving, or inspirational story of your own for a chance at great prizes. You could win dinner on us or one of our grand prizes, including a diamond necklace valued over $1,000, a $350 overnight stay at Buell Mansion, or a $250 photo storage media conversion package sponsored in part by joe ford your financial advisor with edward jones and by salem media group enter at wordfm.com slash contest listen on your smart speaker the word fm app at wordfm.com iheart tune in and on radio.com in the car or at home too at 101.5 wordfm pittsburgh Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness. Expect a shower in spots this evening, followed by a flurry late, the low 28. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and breezy with a flurry. Tomorrow's high, 31. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness with a couple of flurries, the low 22. Thursday, a stray flurry, cloudy skies of the morning with times of clouds and sun in the afternoon. We'll see a high of 25. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. My wife and I we were married at, at an outside venue by this um, lake. It was very beautiful, uh, very touching, very moving, as you might imagine. <laughs> but oh, as wonderful. we said, I'm, I'm um, sad that I wasn't invited. Yeah, before I knew you. Okay. But as we uh, uh, ended the ceremony and uh, moved in for the kiss, all of a sudden there was this gigantic, and I mean gigantic, explosion of firecrackers, cherry bombs, you name it. And it went on for like, I don't know, five or 10 minutes. I mean, it was it was like the Star Spangled Banner. A friend of ours, unbeknownst to us, had, you know, set up this pyrotechnics display somewhere, you know, uh, behind a tree, maybe uh, 50 yards or so from where all the guests were gathered. I mean, and it just, it was, it was laughable. I mean, there was this gigantic plume of smoke. Seriously, was, it was like- Was he was, supposed to do that? He took it upon himself. Okay. He decided on his own. Yeah, just say that. Okay. That was one of the many stories from our wedding. And uh, Word FM and ourselves, we got a contest going on right now. Uh, Tell us your wedding story. We'd love to hear your story because there's so many wonderful things that happen. Of course, unusual, frightening, crazy things that happen during a day when uh, you do say, I do. 
And uh, if we choose your story as the grand prize winner, man, we've got a lot of great prizes. Thanks to uh, Bistro to Go and Trinity Jewelers and uh, any number of people who have uh, climbed on board and said, yeah, we're going to honor people who are doing right in their wedding vows. So uh, go to wordfm.com, wordfm.com forward slash weddings. Tell us your story. And starting on Thursday, once a day, Kath and I will uh, tell the story that uh, you have submitted. And we've got some good ones already. Looking forward to it. As you might imagine, they're fun. They're uh, interesting. Some are a little heartbreaking. But always in the middle of it all is uh, what happens when two people, man and wife, get together and say, I do. So wordfm.com forward slash weddings. And in the news today, John, we're reminded that there are some people who have a lot of cash mm-hmm. and a lot of courage. Um is courage the word? Is yeah, it just I would say so? Is it or is it some kind of just the need to be first? I don't know. What do you think? I think it's the need to explore, the need okay. for adrenaline. So uh for two adrenaline. men are grandfathers, the other has three young children. All three men are extremely wealthy with the means to pay each $55 million. That's the ticket price for an eight-day stay on the International Space Station. They are the first of would-be spaceflight crews compromised entirely of private citizens in a mission to the space station. If all goes right, uh, sometime next year, uh, it will not be the Elon Musk Corporation, but another private space carrier called Axiom, who is going to be in the business shortly of providing these space flights. And the hope is soon that uh, over time, the ticket price will come down because who can afford $55 million for an eight-day stay in space? That soon and very soon, the price would come down, not for the average Joe, certainly not for Kath and Mike and I to go to space or for you probably, but for, you know, those who can invest several hundred thousand dollars. The hope is this, that the International Space Station has been in orbit for more than 22 years. And of course, all things break down eventually need to be replaced. So as the uh, international uh, conglomerate, those people who are connected nationally to the International Space Station, they'll build a new space station And the remaining space station, in some ways, will become a vacation destination Mm -hmm. for the well-heeled. Boy, well-heeled. Would that be interesting to you? Absolutely not in any way, shape, or form. And it makes me a little mad. Makes you mad? It makes me a little mad. Why does it make you mad? Well, I just, I, it just seems very self-indulgent i I just and i know i agree people should be able to do what they want to with their money i get it and i believe that i mean i live that way i'm sure there are people who probably look at how i spend my money and would say that i'm self-indulgent also and i probably am it just see i don't know john you look around the world you see the kinds of things that are going on and you think really so you yourself have to go spend eight days at the space station really and at risk to yourself. I mean, clearly it's, uh, you know, it's not, would not be classified as safe by any stretch of the word. No, I'm sure Um, it's not. So you're going to risk yourself and you know, you know what, it's the same feeling I had when years ago at the Carnegie Science Center, I went and saw the uh, IMAX film about people who go to Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. 
did like a you know profile of these people yeah. and you know what it took and all this fabulous. Sort of and all I could think of is this not fabulous? This was selfish thing I ever heard of, right? These people are risking death. Two of them, I, I believe, as if I remember the uh, film correctly, did not survive. It happened. So regularly. they, so they, so they left their families alone because they had to. They just had to pursue that. It just had. They just had to. No well, cash. You, know, you at, don't have to. If that attitude would persist in throughout mankind, Christopher Columbus would have never left the confines of the mm -hmm. Nina, the Panta, the Santa Maria, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, ex exploration is, I believe, in our DNA. It's something that we okay. must and necessarily need to do. Okay. I, I mean, still fifty-five think million I, bucks. I get that. The, the good news is, and I'm reading this piece from the, today's Washington Post, that all three men said, look, I recognize the outrageousness of this okay. and the price and the risk and all that. Uh, but we want to do uh, experimentations. We want to invite people uh, in, into the journey. So in, in some ways, we also don't want to be viewed as selfish. We want to give something back. And hopefully our interaction with the greater community, whether kids in school or whatnot, provides that that uh, peek into what it would be like to travel into space that's all that's all all right no big deal okay all speaking right speaking of I space mean, astronomer mm -hmm. hugh ross will be with us in a few minutes talking about why does there need to be a fall that's next the tuesday edition of the ride home here pittsburgh's christian talk word fm i don't think you need to go to the space station 101.5 word had your family ever faced hunger at a level where their life was at risk or had little or no access to clean drinking water? For children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Word FM and Cross International are asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift provides food, water, COVID-19 assistance, and a Bible. You can get involved right now by calling 866-806-2977 or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. In 19 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Nova Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Our world needs hope like never before. But lives change for the better when hope breaks through. We always like to begin with the word of God because it is the power unto salvation. Help Cornerstone Television Network light up our city with the truth and hope of the gospel. Alongside special guest Krista Smith. Coy Barker, The Binions, Mike Smalley, and Jay Gilbert. Save the date for our Bridge of Hope broadcast, January 25th through the 29th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. 
Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Can you imagine spending a day in the Garden of Eden? How beautiful that must have been. How perfect it must have been. And you're walking around to your heart's delight, whatever you want to be. Whatever you want, what do you need? You're talking to God. I mean, it is perfection on earth. But then, of course, we as humans, in our foolishness and our stupidity, we always got to mess things up. The fall came upon us. And so why did there need to be a fall? Well, Hugh Ross is with us. Hugh is the founder of the president of Reasons to Believe. It's an organization dedicated to integrating scientific fact and biblical faith here today to talk to us about the fall. Hey, Hugh, welcome back. Well, thank you. Hugh, always good to talk to you. We're always happy to hear from you. And this is an interesting subject that you have raised today. Um, So thinking back to uh, Genesis 1, and not just that, but the unfolding of the whole biblical narrative, uh, and knowing where we are today, sin is a seismic force, and it, it, it shapes nations, it shapes ideologies, it shapes families and people and our relationship with the environment, with animals, with each other. I mean, there's nothing that it doesn't touch. Now, God being perfectly good, Hugh, I mean, he could have created us without the possibility of sin, right? He could have, but uh, we have, we were followers of Jesus Christ, have something that Adam and Eve did not have before the fall. They did not have an eternally secure relationship with their creator. And the fall plays a crucial role in making that possible. No fall, no eternally secure relationship with God, given that God granted human beings and angels free will. All right, so Hugh, so now... Now, if we would never, if sin wasn't a possibility, then why would we not have been eternally secure? Okay, well, God granted angels and humans free will because his goal in creating was to magnify the expression of his love. And without free will, you really can't experience or express love. Moreover, I argue that God not only wanted beings with free will, He wanted beings with strong free will. He could have created us, for example, with a rather weak free will, which would lower the possibility that humans would would rebel against him. But if he lowered our free will capability, that would also lower our ability to experience and express love. So God was willing to have a larger number of humans rebel against him so that the fraction that remained Mm-hmm. I would actually be able to experience the kind of love that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were experiencing and expressing to one another. That was God's primary goal in creating. Therefore, given that goal, 
he would create beings with strong free will, not just weak free will. And so here we are, right, Hugh? I mean, you look at the state of the world today, uh, nothing new under the sun. We are essentially uh, sin machines because of our free will. Uh, there's only a tiny percentage of people, I guess, in this world who, who would call themselves lovers and obedient to, to Christ. Um, that's really well, heartbreaking I'm not quite in a way. that pessimistic. I think there's going to be a large minority of the humans that will be part of the redeemed host in the kingdom of heaven. So I don't look at it as being 2 to 5%. I think we're looking at somewhere between 25 and 40%. Wow. The other thing we need to realize is that in order for us to be able to experience love and express love in a new creation without any possibility that we'll use our free will to rebel against God, it's crucial that each of us be exposed to the most challenging test or temptation to rebel. And that's something you see in Genesis 3. God didn't just invite uh, a demon low on the totem pole to come into the Garden of Eden. He invited Satan himself, the most powerful and most intelligent being that God had ever created. And so Adam and Eve were being exposed right away to the most challenging temptation that's possible in God's creation. And what we see in the rest of the Bible is that likewise God exposes all humans to this greatest possible temptation. But he set things in motion whereby he says, you know, you humans cannot take on Satan by yourself. But if you exercise your free will and ask me, I will partner with you. I will help you pass the most difficult tests. And if you pass this most difficult test, there is no other test that could possibly dissuade you. You know, an analogy I often give people is what happens when you get a Ph.D. degree. They give you a piece of parchment. And it guarantees that never again will you have to be tested for your competency in the subdiscipline. And it's based on the idea that since you've been exposed to the most challenging tests possible in the subdiscipline, there's no reason to test you again. And notice what we see at the book, end of the book of Revelation. No one enters a new creation without having passed the most challenging test. Hmm. Dr. Hugh Ross is with us. He's founder and president of Reasons to Believe, an organization dedicated to integrating scientific fact and biblical faith. He has a ton of terrific books, including Weathering Climate Change, Why the Universe is the Way It Is, and a book I just, it sits on my dresser all the time. I was just doing dusting today, and there it was, Hugh. I always keep it there, Navigating Genesis. Um, so, well, Hugh, one thing I'd like to add, if yeah. I could, is that we see in Titus 1-2 and 2 Timothy 1-9, God begins his works of redemption before he creates anything at all. Therefore, we shouldn't be surprised that redemption is a cornerstone of why creation looks the way it is and why God created us as free will beings mm-hmm. and subjected us to this test. So you're not saying, though, Hugh, that we had no choice. I mean, you you have emphasized free will multiple times. I hear that. But, you know, I'm thinking right. of people listening to our program, maybe people who are unfamiliar with uh, with the scriptures or unfamiliar with faith in general. And and it might sound like you're, um, you're kind of intimating that God made creation such that we had no, we, we were going to fail anyway. And so he had a plan for that. 
Well, he knew that some would fail. I mean, just like a fraction of the angels rebelled against him, a fraction of humans rebelled against him. That's, that's going to happen when you create beings with strong free will. But his focus was on the angels and the humans that would say, hey, uh, we want a relationship with you. I mean, basically God has us here to make a choice. We can choose to spend eternity with him or eternity without him. And so that's the choice we all have. And he's given us the capacity uh, in our experiences to make one way or the other. So you then go back to um, to the, the the percentage. I mean, I was I was you know as you said pessimistic about uh, the people who will be with uh, God in heaven, and uh, you were saying maybe twenty five to forty percent. That, that's a heck of a lot more. Well, it is, and it's got scriptural support. I mean, if you look at uh, Zechariah chapters twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, it refers to uh, the Jewish population uh, just before the return of Christ. And it says a third of them will recognize the one that they have pierced and repent and enter into a relationship uh, with their Savior. And I, if I read through the New Testament, God's going to treat Jews and Gentiles similarly. So I would argue we're looking at approximately a similar percentage for the Gentiles. And notice, uh, we already have about 20% of the world's population not only naming the name of Christ, but visibly active in trying to extend salvation to the rest of the peoples of the world. So from my perspective, uh, that 30 to 35 to 40 percent, it's within reach. If we're already at 20 and Christ has not returned, then that means there's more the people he wants to bring uh, into the fold of uh, redeemed human beings. So from that perspective, I'm saying... Yeah, it's not going to be a majority. Jesus was clear. The majority would reject, but it's going to be a really large minority. Dr. Hugh Ross with us. Hugh, just a couple minutes left. Um, I don't know. In closing, let me just uh, put myself in the position of someone who doesn't know you, someone who's just listening to the show, not familiar with you, and understands that you're an astronomer. Um, Why do scientists, this doesn't sound, what you're saying doesn't sound like what a normal scientist talks about. Well, actually, it is. I mean, uh, people have this idea that very few research scientists are followers of Jesus Christ. Um, That may be true of social sciences, uh, but in the physical sciences, chemistry, astronomy, physics, mathematics, the percentage is high. Uh, Statistical studies show that amongst research mathematicians, 80% believe in God and an afterlife. Uh, chemistry, it's 60%. So the percentages are really not that much smaller than what we see in the population at large. Fabulous. So that's really good news. Astronomer Hugh Ross, the founder and president of Reasons to Believe. His books include Weathering Climate Change, Why the Universe is the Way it Is, and Navigating Genesis, Reasons to Believe. Hugh, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. 
If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. As we enter 2021, we are filled with hope for what is to come and gratitude for what has already passed. With our Lord by our side, this year will be filled with joy, love, happiness, and success. Let's not allow 2020 to define who we are. Let's tackle 2021 head on and get rid of the taxes today. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal to finish what God has started and put the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year. With no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. reading about food and all of a sudden you start to salivate mm-hmm. you ever do this oh yeah believe me i'm reading today about chick-fil-a of course we love chick-fil-a my pleasure thank you mike a former employee yes he is i'm reading about chick-fil-a and uh, apparently they've got a new sandwich that's coming out the grilled spicy deluxe chicken sandwich so it's grilled and uh, apparently it's marinated in a spicy seasoning served on a toasted multi-grain brioche bun with Colby Jack cheese, lettuce, tomato, a new creamy cilantro lime sauce mm. created specifically for the new sandwich. The company said it, uh, it hit Chick-fil-A's nationwide yesterday. I'm reading about this and thinking, I need to get in my car right, right. now and get out there. Uh-huh. So what's the deal? When did like the chicken sandwich wars happen how did that even well i think it had to have happened with chick-fil-a because and and the popeyes thing simply because growing up kfc was a thing but the chicken sandwich at kfc wasn't a thing no it wasn't we were all eating burgers everybody's eating you know the big mac or the whopper i remember around 1990 i started to go to a restaurant in the south side called the city grill and they specialized in their chicken sandwich and i'm telling you i think that's the first time in my life you had a chicken sandwich that i had one yeah I really do. 
Well, I mean, sometimes I at Wendy's or, at, you know, Burger King, whatever, they'd have like a, a chicken sandwich. I don't know. But I don't really remember ever having that. Yeah. You ever like, try to make your own chicken sandwich, like a grilled chicken sandwich? Wouldn't that be nice? My, yeah, I've definitely tried that. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. problem is mine aren't all that good. All right. Tish Harrison Warren joins us during the five o'clock hour. Prayer in the night for those who work Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Senate has rejected a Republican attempt to dismiss former President Trump's second impeachment trial, a vote that allows the case on incitement of insurrection to move forward, but also foreshadows that there may not be enough votes to convict him. President Biden has had his first phone call with Vladimir Putin, raising his concerns about the arrest of opposition figure Alexei Navalny. In that call today, he also pressed the Russian leader on his nation's involvement in a massive cyber espionage campaign and reports of bounties on American troops in Afghanistan. And in California, business owners are hailing Governor Gavin Newsom's decision to lift stay-at-home orders across the state in response to improving coronavirus conditions. Stocks finishing mixed, the Dow fell 23 points, the Nasdaq lost 10, and the S&P 500 dropped 5. This is SRN News. My dad and I's faith-focused mortgage team has been telling our story to the best Christian radio audiences across the country for a while now. We've gotten to take care of thousands of families, and these are some messages some of those families were nice enough to leave with their radio station. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give Ryan a call just to see if it makes sense. Interest rates had fallen so drastically that we were able to save hundreds of additional dollars off of our mortgage. So it's been such a blessing to our family in this time of when the pandemic has hit us hard. And it just was a reminder that God can work in little ways, even like a refi. (laughs) They make it so simple and easy. It's just always such a joy to talk to them. You can tell that they just love what they do and that they're just excited. They have the same values as us. We knew we could trust them. It was just a great experience all around. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Excuse me. Why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers celebrate wedding stories now through February 12th. We want to hear yours. Click the wedding stories banner at wordfm.com to share a funny, moving, or inspirational story of your own for a chance at great prizes. You could win dinner on us or one of our grand prizes, including a diamond necklace valued over $1,000, a $350 overnight stay at Buell Mansion, or a $250 photo storage immediately. 
Media Conversion Package. Sponsored in part by Joe Ford, your financial advisor with Edward Jones, and by Salem Media Group. Enter at wordfm.com slash contest. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Tonight, we'll see considerable cloudiness. Expect a shower in spots this evening, followed by a flurry late, the low 28. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and breezy with a flurry. Tomorrow's high, 31. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness with a couple of flurries, the low 22. Thursday, a stray flurry, cloudy skies in the morning with times of clouds and sun in the afternoon. We'll see a high of 25. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Greetings, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. If you are a parent of probably boys more often than not, but some some girls as well, uh, if you're a parent of someone uh, who likes to game, no doubt you're privy to the the yells, the screams, the exhortation, all that that goes on <laughs> as those games unfold. I mean, it's it's really a, a sight and a sound to um, behold. It really is. I think it's something that, um, you know, for another generation, we really have no comparison. You know, I mean, I used to play pinball. I mean, it, it's very tame by comparison. So we saw this piece in uh, the Times, the New York Times the other day, about a young man, uh, Tyler Blevins who is, uh, he goes by the name of Ninja to video game fans. And according to this article, he is the closest thing gaming has to a crossover mainstream star, largely on the back of his skill playing the video game Fortnite, as well as his uh, pluckish commentary while he plays. Now, the 29-year-old Tyler Bevins has uh, 16.5 million followers on Twitch, 14.4 million followers on Instagram, six and a half on Twitter, 24 million subscribers on YouTube, and gobs of money. He says in this article that he estimates he makes $500,000 a month from streaming, people paying to watch him play video games. Now, let me just verify. So people are paying to watch him play video games. That's right. They're not paying to play with him. No, they're not paying to play. They are they're paying to him watch him play. play. He is a master at the Fortnite game. Now and that also is some kind his of commentary, his verbiage, thing. his witticism as he plays is something to behold. I've not, I've not seen it. I've not watched it, mm-hmm. but, uh, and I love the idea of this new entertainment. Now in this said article, there is a photograph of thousands of mostly again, young men sitting in the Arthur Ashe tennis compound in Queens, New York, watching this video game streaming festival take place, where I'm sure you pay a handsome price 
to see it in person as opposed to watching it live on a video screen. It's just fascinating, isn't it? It is fascinating as a, as a cultural force. I have to say, personally, I have zero understanding of this at all. It seems ridiculous to me, um, but it doesn't matter because it's, it's a gigantic force. Look at the numbers that you brought up, John. Yep. Now, it's a really good interview with this guy. Um, and um, he, as you said, John, he's 29 years old. And um, because he is so public in his job, he says, uh, quote, you have to be the most sure person on the planet if you're going to get into this and not be completely torn apart. He said, if I didn't have my wife and family to talk to, I mean, everyone tells me, don't listen to what people say. All right. But when you're reading, you know, how much I hate you, which is what tons of people do with him on a daily basis, he says it's going to get in your head. Now, that's the, the case for every person who has um, some kind of public sector job or someone who, not public sector job, um, some kind of public media position, let me say, because that's just the way people are. We, you know, John, you and I get emails all the time from people who either think we're great or horrible. Um, but he also goes on to talk about internet culture. He said, people are behind the screen. And so they say whatever they want and they can get away with it. You have complete anonymity when you crush somebody online, which of course takes us to the social media thing that we've talked about at least every day on our show in some capacity for the last, what, five years, right. which is that once you're behind your computer, if you're going to say something ignorant and, and by ignorant, I mean either both things. I mean something that you don't understand or something rude then you're just, it doesn't matter. You're just some faceless person and you can kind of get away with saying what you want. Right. So he says this, you want to know who your kid is? Listen to him when he's playing video games, when he thinks you're not. Here's another thing. How does a kid know that he has a privilege when his parents never teach him or talk about racism? You see all that. So what's interesting is you see race, politics, all these different things being talked about on video games, of which, of course, yeah. we as adults, we have a tiny window into what goes on into our kids' lives. And here, this is something kids are doing, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15, you know, hours and hours and hours a day. It's a sociological experiment that's going on, which in many ways will form a new world mm-hmm. long after we're gone. Right. Now, this guy seems like the kind of person who takes his responsibility as a public figure pretty seriously. I'd say so. And he's yeah. a deep thinker. Um, obviously, if you're going to get to this point in pretty much any endeavor in life, you have to have pretty great intellectual capacity and a lot of energy um, in your personal life, which clearly he does. Um, let me bring up another thing about this interview that I thought was really interesting. Um, he said this. The, the person who's interviewing him from The New York Times said, um, quote, Tyler, uh, you said years ago you didn't want to play with female gamers, which to me only underscored more of the crap that women have to deal with online. What did that controversy teach you about the gender dynamics of gaming? Now, if you're listening to this, you think, I don't care about gaming. Well, listen, this isn't really about gaming. This is more about the gender conversation that we're having in America and even around the world. This is what he says. Um, He says, accusations are what made me say that, that I didn't want to play female gamers. I was like, I'm going to do anything in my power to make sure that no one can even start a rumor or make YouTube clickbait videos saying, hey, Ninja's playing with this person a lot lately. It looks like they're flirting. Here's a clip. You know how to never make that happen? You don't let it happen. 
That's what was going through my head. I still stand by not having a lot of alone time with a woman in general if you're a married man. I mean, they could be your best friend. That's totally cool. But if I randomly start playing with a woman, nobody knows people are going to start talking. So if I am going to play with female gamers, I do it with a big group. So it's not that one-on-one interaction. <laughs> now that right, right. is the Billy Graham rule. It in is. you playing along that applies to the gaming world. I mean, that right. is exactly what Billy Graham said in 1950 or 40 okay, when so he decided he wasn't lot. going to hang out with women. Right. So if you're a Christian and you say, well, you know, like Mike Pence, uh, you know, he's going to follow the Billy Graham rule. I mean, he got crushed. He just right. got hammered. But here, you know, Tyler Blevins, he's at the top of the video game world. Right. People are nodding their head and going, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, right. I get that. So the, the follow-up question is, well, do you not believe in the possibility of platonic friendship? And he says, well, of course, a guy and a girl can be friends without getting intimate, but it's like you have to remember temptation. Mm. Now, first off, I have to give the guy total props for loving his wife and being concerned about his marriage. And in, you know, in, in the time and in American culture, we are, that is something to really be lauded, right? On the other hand, you know, as a woman, it does take you back to the exact same argument that there was in the Billy Graham rule, which is, look, are women not more than temptresses? I mean, women have to be taken seriously in whatever field it is. If, you know, if if men don't want women in the boardroom because they are going to be tempted to be unfaithful to their wife, then women aren't going to get in the boardroom. So, I mean, I, again, I think that he deserves a lot of credit for this. Well, at the same time, it'd be good for somebody to talk to him about the fact that, okay, well, Lynn, you have to figure out a way to think about women that's not sexual. You're just going to have to figure that out as a, as a mature adult male, you're going to have to figure that out if you want women in the world to be taken seriously. And look how difficult it is. So, you know, I'm sure his wife will uh, breathe into that conversation. And she'll appreciate that as any, as any wife would appreciate it. At the same time, there has to be a, I would think a larger conversation with men in all sorts of power positions with, which is, look, the problem is you have to figure out how to control you. That's what the problem is. Well, I just think, you know, all things considered, it's an interesting conversation to see a secular video star look at the world yeah. in some way through a very narrow Christian yeah. worldview and then back into it. Right. That's right. It. Hey, we need to take a quick break. We are super excited. Our next guest is Tish Harrison Warren. She's the author of a brand new work, Prayer in the Night. We're going to talk about Compline. What is that? How does that work in people's lives? Stick around. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan! That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, 
We hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. By now, you've heard me talk about MyPillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. MyPillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium MyPillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call one 800 391 You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Tish Harrison Warren is with us. Tish is a friend of ours, and she is a priest in the Anglican Church in North America. She currently serves as a writer in residence at the Church of the Ascension in the Shadyside uh, neighborhood of the city of Pittsburgh, author of The Liturgy of the Ordinary, Sacred Practices in Everyday Life, which was named Christianity Today's 2018 Book of the Year. But back today, the brand new release, today it releases this book called the called Prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep. Tish, welcome back. How are you today? Guys, it's good to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Well. Good to talk to you too, Tish. You've you've written another book that's uh so that's beautiful. beautiful and difficult and practical and lyrical and all sorts of those things at the same time. And and you start out the book um, telling the story of what it was like when you moved to Pittsburgh. I remember you and I were in studio um, shortly after uh, the events that you describe at the beginning of this book. And well, you really um, tell the story so well. Would you share with our audience um, how your initial month at Pittsburgh began? Yeah, sure. So um, we moved here in 2017, January 2017. So almost exactly four years ago now and um we got here and moved here from austin texas uh so the middle of january in pittsburgh so there's that in and of itself huge change and then um a week later my father back in texas suddenly passed away um and i came i flew down and had a ticket for his um to go back for his birthday, which is actually tomorrow, January 27th. And I flew down, used that ticket to go to his funeral, um, which was, um, which we had on, on January 27th, four years ago. Um, 
And so the day after that, I found out I was pregnant, um, which was joyful. We had one of the third child um, and was emotional. Obviously, I was still deep in grief and shock um, from losing my dad. And then three weeks later, we had a miscarriage, um, which and it, it was kind of dramatic uh, medically. Um, I had to be rushed to the emergency room. So I described that in the book. And then that year was just a hard year. We we actually got pregnant again and lost, uh, had a, a kind of a long, hard um, first trimester. And in our second trimester, lost our son in July. Um, and so the book is not a memoir, um, but it does sort of pick up there um, because by the end of that time, those six months and my first six months in Pittsburgh, I was spiritually exhausted. I was worn out. I was um, deeply grieving and I was um, struggling with what it meant to trust God in the midst of pain and loss and um, where God was in the midst of darkness in our life. And, and Tish, no, no offense taken at all, but I but I love reading uh, prayer in the night and uh, this tumultuous time that you and your family have gone through. That you know, as transplants from Austin, Texas, and coming here in the middle of winter and all that, that you and your husband would you know describe say Pittsburgh is pits in the despair berg, and you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I could get that tremendously. <laughs> we. Yes, I was worried this would offend my Pittsburgh uh, folks. To be clear, if you read carefully in the book, we do not describe Pittsburgh as that. You like the city of Pittsburgh. No. You love Pittsburgh. We were describing the season of our life as that. Yes, that we were doubt, walking right. through the season of Pits of Despairburg. Pittsburgh itself, yes. lovely town. We live close to the zoo. <laughs> Very nice. But yeah, we did. No offense. Um, it, was, it was kind of a dark. Uh, been on it was, it was a way that my husband and I kind of added levity to a time. So if something would happen like in the middle of that, you know, um, we uh, if our ceiling fan broke in the middle of that, we would say, "Oh, pits of despairburg." That was that was like the right. <laughs> joke. Yeah. So, Listen, so Tish, that's well, we, we've been called worse. It's okay. Yeah. In the middle of it all, Tish, I mean, what, what I love is you tell this story where you miscarriage, you know, and you, you're at new, they're not even friends. They're, you can even call them acquaintances. You're at a stranger's house having dinner, and there you are just, you know, deep in this bloody medical emergency, and your husband and you rush to the hospital. You describe the, yeah. the, the terror of that, and in the middle of that, while they're rushing you into the, you know, the, to, to a surgery, you yell out to your husband, essentially, let's pray the comp line. I mean, please tell <laughs> yeah. us that. Yeah. So I, this is where I start. That's why I start the book there is because the book is kind of all about prayer and prayer in the midst of sorrow and, um, and, and just, and doubt and um, spiritual sort of uh, questioning, I guess. Um, and it, and, but it's all sort of framed. The book is framed around one prayer from Compline, which is the Anglican nighttime prayer service. And, um, I, I say in the book that after kind of a, a lot, all of this sort of grief, I was a priest that couldn't pray. And, and what I mean by that, of course, I could sort of gin up words, but I, I felt like 
I did find it very difficult to pray. It felt like my words weren't adequate. I had too many questions for God, too many questions I knew would be unanswered. Um, but I also felt like I, I didn't know how to, how to trust God, how to, um, how to, how to trust his presence and, um, his, that he saw me and, um, and knew me in the midst of that. So I, I was having issues of trust, but also issues of just exhaustion, not knowing how to pray. And so Compline, uh, also I would say night became really difficult during this time. And I talk more about that in the book, but I think that those empty hours, those empty dark hours sort of amplified all the grief and anxiety um, and, and questions and sadness that I had, as it does for many of us. So I began to pray Compline, which is um, uh, just a prayer service. And it was so important for me because it was like the church said, you know, we know that your words will run dry and here's, here's, here's a way back. Here's a lifeline. Here's a, mm-hmm. here's um, kind of a lifeboat to carry you back to God when you don't know how to pray. And there's one particular prayer that I framed the book around um, that it sort of was helpful in me getting into these questions that the book raises about human vulnerability and where is God in the midst of that. And, but I, um, I start with that story because it's so, um, it, it's not normal for any of us, including me, that in this emergency situation, I was like, like, let's pray a prayer service, guys. Like, we, like calling out for it. But I just knew in the middle of that, I needed, I needed to pray. I needed um, to call out to God. And I, and I knew that I needed something. I mean, the only thing I could come up with then was sort of like, help, don't let me die. Um, and, but, and I, and that, and that was fine. That's a fine prayer. And I have no problem with extemporaneous prayer. I don't think it needs to be fancy, but I, um, I wanted something that kind of um, led me into the broader sense of the gospel, like led me into a place of reminding me who God was in the middle of the um, crisis situation I was in, the emergency situation I was in. And reminded me of sort of this much broader story of the Christian faith. And I didn't know how to do that. So I just, I had prayed Compline. So it was like reaching for these old prayers, like someone would reach for penicillin or, I don't know, like a, a scalpel, like in surgery. It, was, it felt like the spiritual tool that I needed. And so, there we, so my husband and I prayed Compline in the middle of McGee women's emergency room, <laughs> and um, and that's sort of where the book starts. Fabulous. The book is called Prayer in the Night for those who work or watch or weep. We're talking to author Tish Harrison Warren. For people watching us on Facebook right now, I'm holding the uh, book up so you can see what the cover looks like. And Tish, um, you know, in, in the middle of that conversation, you talk about uh, having a conversation with a friend, and she sort of pushes back on Compline that she says, well, I don't want to pray other people's prayers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the book has a lot of different themes, night, suffering, but one of them is prayer and what is prayer. And I certainly think 
I mean, I extemporous prayer, free form prayer, where we kind of just like emote, like self-express to God, I, I think is fine. I pray like that every day. I, I pray in free form or un, unscripted, unreceived prayer every day. But I do make a case in the book for what I call received prayer or inherited prayer, prayer that we receive from the church. Um, and part of it is because I do think there are times when I think that, that evangelicals can see prayer as primarily self-expression, but I actually think prayer is this much bigger reality, this long conversation between Christ and the church that we can enter into and then are shaped by. So prayer is actually something that changes us, that shapes our beliefs, that shapes who we are. So instead of just a conversation with God, I think prayer um, is a place where we encounter God, but are also um, sort of shaped by God and shaped by prayer as a place of discipleship, right? It's a place where the, the historic church even shapes us and shapes our theology. There's a old saying in the church, the law of prayer is the law of belief, that um, mm. I think we can think we start with our beliefs and we take those beliefs into prayer. Um, and to some extent, that's right. You know, I mean, we're praying in the first place because we, we're, we're reaching out for, you know, this, for God, uh, for this reality outside of us. But I also think that um, sometimes I come with very small, very confused, very murky beliefs. And through the practice of prayer, God shapes my, reshapes my beliefs, reshapes my heart, shows me himself. I use the analogy in the book that prayer um, can be like our, through prayer, it's like our pupils dilate, that they, we uh, are able to see more light in the darkness than we would otherwise. And it feels like prayer is that, is kind of spiritually um, shaping and formative. So we begin to know God and see God in ways that we wouldn't. Um, so, I, I mean, I could talk about that way more, and I don't know how much how, how much time we have, but I think um, receiving prayers from other people, certainly I have learned to pray in ways that I would have never gotten to on my own by receiving prayers from the broader church. Yeah, yeah. We're talking to Tish Harrison Warren. She's the author of Prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep. Tish, we need to take a break for a minute. Um, can you hold on? We'll come back and talk for a few more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Terrific. T- Tish Harrison Warren, more about Prayer in the Night next. Tuesday edition, right home. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to 
the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. It's important to buckle up your kids. I know. Sometimes car seats can be complicated. I know. And if your child's in the wrong seat and you get into a crash. I know. It could lead to a serious injury. I know. So you're 100% sure you have the right car seat for your child's age and size? I don't know. Don't think you know. Know you know. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Make sure you have the right car seat. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 2021 is already off to a disturbing start for conservatives. We've seen Twitter unilaterally shut down President Trump's account. The conservative platform Parler was booted off the Apple Store by Apple. And big tech is muzzling free speech at a speed that nobody could have predicted. Nobody except biologist and evolutionary theorist Brett Weinstein, who appeared in the film No Safe Spaces, to issue this warning about political correctness running amok. YouTube and Google, Facebook and Twitter dictate whose voices can be heard. And if those entities start trying to engineer the conversation to adhere to the rules laid out with these phony Trojan horse terms, disaster will be the result. You and your family need to see No Safe Spaces now before any more of our freedoms are muzzled. Just go to SalemNow.com to get your copy of No Safe Spaces. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. SalemNow.com. Promo code Pittsburgh. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at Radio.com. Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness. Expect a shower in spots this evening, followed by a flurry late, the low 28. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and breezy with a flurry. Tomorrow's high, 31. Tomorrow night, considerable cloudiness with a couple of flurries, the low 22. Thursday, a stray flurry, cloudy skies of the morning with times of clouds and sun in the afternoon. We'll see a high of 25. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. From the Church of the Ascension in Shadyside, we're speaking with Anglican priest Tish Harrison Warren. Her brand new book releases today called Prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep. For those of you just joining us, we've been talking with Tish about um, about play, praying prayers that are rote, prayers that are, do not spontaneously arise from your mind or heart in a in a time, but are prayers that are um, that are that are kind of been proven over time um, as a way that the church speaks and uh, as the way individuals understand, you know, what it is to live through suffering and difficult and dark times. And Tish, as I, as I was reading your book, I often thought of um, 
of Lord of the Rings and how, you know, Frodo is, is making this, you know, fearsome journey that he's on with Sam. And um, of course he knows that there are other things going on, but his, his road is so difficult and so dark and he's really the one who has to do it, right? He's the only one who can do it. And one of the roles that Gandalf has in his life is, is reminding him that there's a larger story. There's a bigger thing happening um, that he has to keep coming back to. Um, And, and that's really what, to me, uh, these prayers of these historic prayers of the church do is they kind of have reminded me similarly as you've described in your own book that there's a I don't know that I, I need to get out of my own space I need to see that there that God is is doing a bigger thing and has in the past yeah that's exactly right I mean it's helpful for me to be drawn to remember God's faithfulness to um all these other people, thousands of years of Christians, millions and millions of Christians of all languages. Part of the reason I wrote this book is um, because uh, the study I read by Barna, where Gen Z and millennial folks, they're seeing um, increasingly um, those in that generation who are walking away from the church, walking away from the Christian faith, are saying it's um, because they, I think the exact words, it's hard for them to buy that a good God could allow um, suffering in the world. And it's, and it's, that's a very real and valid struggle. Um, But it's interesting, they're seeing more folks uh, have that and respond um, by sort of walking away from Christianity. Well, I want to bring up that this has always been a question of, this isn't shocking. This is, this wasn't something that for 2,000 years we've, we, we haven't noticed. Right. No like, one ever thought about that before. Tidy verse. Yeah, and, and, and the Christians before us lived through um, pandemics and uh, plagues and wars and without immunizations and through death um, of people they loved and through broken relationships, all of the things that we struggle with um, through intense poverty. And they weren't naive, um, and yet they— they were able to continue in the way of Jesus. Um, and so I want to learn from them. I want to receive faith from them that allows me to walk, to continue to walk this way, um, walking through all the struggles that stated. I mean, I, I feel like it is like getting to sit with a, an older brother or sister and say, mm-hmm. how's God been faithful to you is getting to receive these prayers. And Honestly, they push me in ways that I talk about this quite a bit in the book. I mean, this prayer, for instance, has uses the word bless the dying. That's just not something I would ever think to pray. I would think stop the dying from dying. Like, what does it mean to bless the dying? Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. Or I, I notice when I pray extemporaneously, which again, I'm, I'm all for that I tend to refer to God in the same sorts of ways. And these mm-hmm. prayers, there's all these different ways of referring to God as almighty, but also referring to the Holy Spirit or God as creator. It kind of pulls me into different aspects of God and and thinking about God and thinking about his character than I would get to on my own. Or, I mean, a great example is, I almost never prayed for my elected officials. I know that scripture says to, but I was, I just never thought about it. I mean, I tended to pray for my own people I know and people I love, sure. my own wife, sure. my own kids. 
And then, um, and I'm cynical enough about the government. <laughs> it's just hard for me to know how to pray without like, uh, help them and, you know, whatever, with a little bit of ire. Help them not be idiots, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but these prayers of the, I mean, these receive this received liturgy of prayer, we often pray for our government officials, our nation to seek justice, to seek, um, truth, to, um, to be a, a, a place of justice for the least of these. I mean, there's, there's these prayers that I receive in the church that sort of force me to pray things for people that I, that I wouldn't on my own. And that, that's been very helpful. That's good. Well, listen, Tish, congratulations. I mean, it is a beautiful, it is a powerful beautiful work. And uh, your writing is just stellar. It's one of those books that I, I know for myself, I'll come back to mm-hmm. again and again. I just really appreciate uh, the work that you've done with prayer in the night. So thanks for being with us and for your writing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad you guys resonate with it. Tish Harrison Warren, Prayer in the Night. WORD. Had your family ever faced hunger at a level where their life was at risk or had little or no access to clean drinking water? For children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Word FM and Cross International are asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift provides food, water, COVID-19 assistance, and a Bible. You can get involved right now by calling 866-806-2977 or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. The day you've been dreaming of all your life should be one you never forget. Bistro to Go Catering creates unique and dazzling wedding celebrations customized to your individual taste. Journey with Bistro Chef through exquisite sample menus incorporating only the freshest and most delicious ingredients. Your Bistro Wedding Consultant will seamlessly coordinate your vision with your budget to create your signature day. An enchanting celebration you and your guests will remember forever. Your journey begins at bistroandcompany.com. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. 
This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. sense does, does what make sense these things that you can buy that your phone sits in in the car oh okay they're like a little thing they sometimes they fit in the cup holder yeah i have one sometimes of they fasten onto your rear view mirror yeah, sometimes yeah. onto the vent yeah and it puts your phone in like a place that's not your hand yeah that makes sense. I, I think it makes perfect sense. I like. I, I got a little cup ho- uh, cup holder there. I put that in there and my charger. I feel good about it. I can't believe we're going to agree on this. You think it makes sense? I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Listen, that I thought sense. that was a crazy idea. I thought, what do I? Last thing I need nope. is more access to my phone when I'm driving. I'm telling you, it's safer. Yep. I think so, too. It's a yeah. huge step forward. It's secure. It's right there. You know, I'm going to sit at a stoplight and go bup, bup, bup. I want to change my Listen music. Listen to this. Or... So I got one that affixes to your rear view. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when I'm following, you know, GPS. Oh, yeah. It's so much safer than trying to hold something in your hand. You think? Yeah. Plus, course, you know, yeah. it's just, it gets your phone out of your hands. You're not yep. tempted to do anything with it. It's off on its own. It's doing its own thing. You're mm-hmm. not involved. Good. Okay. So the car phone holder. Yeah. We both agree today makes sense. Yeah. All right, good. Does this make sense? Okay. I planted some evergreens in the backyard there uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. They're still young, but they're growing. Um, I've got all these deer. I got like eight deer that are over in the side of my yard. They've taken up residence. Mm -hmm. So to protect those evergreens, I bought some little fencing. And I put some stakes in the ground and covered the... I also spray it with the, you know, you know, our friend, the deer repellent that the Doug Oster told you Doug Oster deer repellent. Yep. I spray it. I looked out there, out there this morning. Some deer ripped off the thing. They had zip ties attached to the, they ate the evergreens. <laughs> they ate them. Now they're like these, now they're little no. Can you stop wildlife? Can you stop? That, what, that what's, doesn't the, make, what's the question? Does what make sense? Does, does trying to stop deer from eating your things no. make sense? No. Absolutely not. I thought thought it made perfect sense. No, you thought you had it because you were like part of the Homo sapien group and that you could outthink the deer. The deer do not care about your reasoning. I'm out there with netting and zip ties and sticks. Sweating. Smelling With your new shoulder. I'm thinking, I got this. They are not going to eat this. I'm going to have these nice evergreens. Mm -hmm. None of that makes any sense. The deer are going to eat whatever you put out there. Oh, that was silly. What a waste of time. Heaven help us. Time Mm. and money. John Kessler's next. Excuse me. Why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, Selectquo makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. 
you'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. By now, you've heard me talk about MyPillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. MyPillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium MyPillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call one 800 391 You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. questions that keeps you up at 3 a.m. What is God like? John Kessler's with us. John is the uh, former chair, professor, Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. His latest book is called Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as God. He wrote a piece on his uh, blog at johnkessler.com. What is God like? John, you got about three minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who needs more than that? <laughs> I mean, that should be easy. Okay, so, I mean, this might sound like an elementary question, but, you know, God is God. I mean, you know, why is it important that we understand what he's like? Well, because he made us, first of all, and second of all, because he made us in his image. And then, and then of course, Jesus, when he was talking to the woman of Samaria, 
Jesus said that God is both a spirit and a personal mm-hmm. being who seeks people to worship him in the spirit and in truth. So part of worshiping him in truth is to, as much as we are able to, to worship him as he really is. So that's, that's there are a lot of, there are many, many reasons, but that's a good starting point. Right. So, okay. So God <laughs> is seeking people who will worship him and know who he is. Yes. And, and know him personally, know, yeah. be in relationship with him. Because the other, you know, the other, of course, part of this story is that God created us in in his image. And then when uh, sin entered into human experience through Adam and Eve, both that, that image was damaged and even, you know, more concerning is our whole our whole perception and relationship with God was profoundly damaged as a result of sin. And really the, the whole history of humanity and, and the whole story of the Bible is God seeking to restore us both to that image and restore that relationship to us. Mm-hmm. And it's, only, it's something that only he can do. We really can't do it for ourselves. So, John, whenever a question like that is is posed, what is God like? I, I really have to appreciate and uh, lean on, you know, the painter or the poet or the writer, because um, the question is so vexing. It's so beyond my tiny little pea brain that I believe <laughs> that the, the artist at least can somehow breathe some strength and knowledge into that by exhibiting God in a way that I can't imagine, because I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, I, I think the only artist who can really do it is God himself, that all of our knowledge of God depends on the fact that God has revealed himself. And he do, he's done it in two major modes. He's done it, first of all, through creation. He's done it by what he's made, God, the, the great artist. So in one sense, when we just look around ourselves, we, we see, you know, we see the message that God is trying to communicate about himself. But, more, but, the, but that's really not adequate for us. The only, really the only way to know God as he wants us to know him is, is in word by what he has said to us about himself. And that is the most uh, uh, important and the most foundational revelation that God gives us about himself. And, and of course, he has the, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate expression of himself is in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, who the writer of Hebrews says, in essence, he is God's final word about himself. He speaks, he shows us what God is like by taking flesh and dwelling among us. And, um, and, and that's also, of course, the way that we come to know him relationally we the only way to enter into a relationship with this creator god is through the person of his son jesus christ Mm. let's talk about god's infinite nature um so that you know people hear infinite they think okay that's really big or (laughs) bold or loud or you know so in relation to god what would what would infinite mean well we usually think about it at least for me, when I think about infinity, most, most of the time I think about, you know, the universe or something. I have a tendency to think that we're talking about something like size or distance. 
but really, when you're talking about the infinity of God, you're talking about the fullness of God's perfection. That is, everything that God is, all of his attributes, he possesses them without measure or without limitation. All that God is, mm. is to an infinite degree, which means then there are a number of uh, asp- attributes of God that, that flow out of that. For example, because God is infinite, he is also omnipresent. That is, he is always present everywhere. The psalmist talks about that when he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. God is also eternal. As far as time is concerned, He does. God does not experience the limitations of time the way that we do, which is something we really can't grasp because we're time bound by nature. You know, we have a beginning and we have an end. God has no beginning. God has no end. And, and, but God amazingly can interact with created with creation, which does experience time. So God can act within time. The scriptures talk about uh, uh, God's sense of timing. And then another Another dimension is God's immutability, because God is infinite and eternal. He does not change. God can't be more or less than he already is. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So God's character and nature don't change. He doesn't mature. He doesn't grow. He doesn't evolve. His plans and his purposes are fixed. Yeah. So, John, when we engage in thought and study and conversations about what God is like, the attributes of God, what what I really know that is that I am not God, and God is certainly not like me. That's right. And, and that's the basic lesson, you know, really what we're just sort of, we're just really scratching the surface, you know, the basic message of what the scripture reveals about God, that it reveals him as a unity of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with the special emphasis on the work and person of Jesus Christ. Because we are not God, and because of the damage that sin has has done with us, the only way to know God is God's way, is the way that, first of all, God, God, what God has revealed himself to be and the means that God has provided to bring us back to him, back to the, the knowledge we lost in Eden, which is by entering into a relationship with him through the person and work of Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. That's why if we go back to what Jesus said to the one of Samaria, that God is a spirit who seeks people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And Jesus is the only way for us to do that. That's really terrific. Dr. John Kessler has been with us, former chair and professor of Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. Hey, his latest book, A Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as Good. Thank you so much for being with us today, yeah. John. Always glad to do it. Always yeah, we love John. John Kessler online, johnkessler.com, K-O-E-S-S-L-E-R. Uh, hey, uh, you know, the uh, the retail apocalypse that's uh, taken place. I, I saw something today that made me, you know, sort of cringe, that Godiva 
Now, it's it's rare that I would go into a, a store like at Ross Park Mall and buy Godiva chocolate. But right. apparently Godiva chocolate is closing all of its retail operations, which include the Ross Park Mall location. Yeah, I saw that as well. Listen, I've walked past the Ross Park Mall location a hundred times at <laughs> yeah. least. And I've have never gone in. No, I never have because I don't trust myself in a place like that. Yeah, I, I've gone in. Oh, is it? Of course, it was wonderful, right? Kid me, of course, yeah. You know, oh you take a hit, you take a hit with it, you know, money-wise. But man, I mean, the reputation stands strong. But, Chocolate you know, didn't used to be important to me. It isn't. It, it, it really didn't is. used to be. Well, I think maybe Time's it's just shown people. a shine of wisdom and maturity in your life. That's all. Thank you, John. I Pleasure. That. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, Governor. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.